Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. I've got one of my favorite people, Leanne, here, and we've got a really special episode because we've actually worked together. And so we're really going to let you kind of behind the scenes on what it's like to do this kind of pleasure activism work. I'll just pass it over to you and I'd love to hear like a brag intro. So can you just brag a little bit about yourself and how amazing you are? Ooh, yeah. Okay, so I brag that I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, which is very high control religion, patriarchal cult. And when I was 29, I left all of that behind and it was very dramatic. It included, you know, a divorce and a shunning and subsequent PTSD from the loss of pretty much my entire worldview. And I bragged that that was really the catalyst for me to step into my divine feminine power. And I was through a journey of sexual liberation and sexual empowerment, both personally and then later professionally as well. That is really what helped me to realize just how much power there actually is in our bodies, in our sensuality, in our pleasure. And I brag that now that's my day job. <laughs> I brag that I left behind, you know, the corporate world. I used to be a fashion buyer and I also worked at a sex toy company, which was really fun. But I brag that I really left all of that behind to focus on my work, which is really helping powerful women to tap into these resources that we've been so separated from very much by patriarchy amongst other things and to reclaim that for ourselves and in doing so create a life that we truly truly love that we can own as ours and I think that that's really what my own personal journey has been and so that's what I love to help other women do I brag <laughs> <laughs> brag because that kind of journey you know it takes so much like time and energy and to just be able to so succinctly encapsulate that it's really powerful so I just want to thank you so much for being on here and I just feel so grateful that you came into my life because you really helped me kind of integrate a layer to to really come from a place of pleasure and so that has been like to this day, like one of the most powerful changes and helping me kind of fully embody the divine feminine as well. And I do think that as women, we have so much programming, whether it's religion or culture or your family system or trauma, you know, we have so much like conditioning from the patriarchy. I go live and I hear myself say, hey, guys, <laughs> I'm like, no, that's yes. the patriarchy. It's like coming out of my mouth. I didn't even mean yep. to say, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but although it flips out. But, you know, I just want to like really brag on you as well. Having like firsthand experienced your work, like you can hold such immaculate space for people. You're, you know, we, you know, we're obsessed with human design on this podcast. So you're like a typical projector in that you can just like really zero in on what's going on, highlight that, reflect it back, transmute it. It's been so powerful. And I think one of the things that really sticks with me personally in our work together was that whole idea of making you making yourself like the heroine of your story, particularly if you've had trauma, especially sexual trauma. And that was such a powerful practice to just do that really deep identity work and meaning making and healing. So 
So I'm just wondering if you could share like a little bit about your own story, kind of using that lens. Yeah, I love that. I just got all body chill. I heard you say that. And so interesting to hear you actually reflect that because when I started in my thinking about my coaching brand and, and all of that, so I, I did a lot of reading and thinking about this idea of the hero or the heroine's journey. And even though it's not something I speak to, you know, directly, it is something that I think is actually very much a part of my work. And so, yeah, that I guess in terms of my own life, I was very much the consummate good girl, very, very, oh my goodness, such a people pleaser. I got married when I was virginly, even though virginity is obviously a construct, like in terms of that construct, very much concerned with just being very pure and good. And my entire worldview was dominated by this idea of the masculine divine, right? <laughs> and that was always something outside of me and something that I had to submit to and obey and just sort of like hope for the best because, you know, it just so, so far out of my control. There was nothing I could really do to have any of that inside of me. And so it's been quite a journey for me to see it this way. But what I realized about a year ago is that I've actually now fully claimed responsibility for manifesting the way that my marriage and everything that followed that ended. And I think that was really that sort of the beginning of that heroine's journey where, you know, stepping out and going on this quest of discovery. And even though at the time I felt that these were things that were happening to me, you know, like my husband had two horrible affairs and it was, there was just so much destruction and loss that I very much felt like the victim of that. In hindsight, I see that as this beautiful thing that I now believe I actually divinely manifested, orchestrated so that I could go on this journey and so that I could get free and actually live the life that I want to live, that my soul wants to live. And so, yeah, so I guess that was like sort of the, when you think of the heroine's journey, it's like coming out and then beginning to go through all these stages of self-discovery, I almost immediately started working at this marketing agency for sex toys, which was very strange to me as I'd been. Before shadow. <laughs> yeah. And it was, and I always say it was like a baptism by fire into the world of sex positivity and sexual liberation. And I learned so much so quickly on the job about sexuality that I'd never, I mean, I'd never owned a vibrator. I'd never, I'd always, always self-pleasured, but that was my little secret, right? I didn't tell anyone about that. And yeah. And then as I went through that, and then even from there deciding, you know, I really want to travel. I want to experience my freedom that I now have more fully. Um, that led to a whole other journey, but essentially including trauma healing, EMDR, all of the things. And then finally deciding that I actually want to do this as my job. And that's when I did a sex, love and relationship certification. And as they say, it's all history from there. Well, oh, there's so much there. I love how you're reframing the the divorce and, and the affairs as kind of like your liberation point. And I think that that is so true that trauma really can be our liberation point. And, and that's some of the work that we did together. I hired you, I guess it was about this time last year. It was. It was. And it was during like the eclipses and the uh -huh. solstice. 
you took photos with Gaia, was like, Megan, we're going to yes. give you the gift of being a goddess. You know, we're going to put Leonay on your path, you know. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was so powerful. And I did your group program initiation and I did one-on-one sessions with you. And just to give everybody who's out there listening a little preview. So you were, was it Thailand? Where were you at the time? Vietnam. I Vietnam. was in Vietnam. Yes. So you were in Vietnam. And so there's the time difference. And so I would put my little family to bed and then I would be like exhausted from the day, but I would like <laughs> just show up. Oh, wow. like, I think it was like 1030 of my time at night and we would have like little secret discussions. It's so amazing because, you know, my background as a trauma therapist, like I had done some trauma work for my for my own stuff, but it was so powerful to have more like the coacher, healer, activist lens on it. Because I just remember telling you things that were like, you know, either shameful or embarrassing or just like old and weird. You know, like when you go into someone's like full sexual history, I can tell you as a therapist, I've heard lots of people. There's some weird <laughs> shit in there, right? <laughs> and I just remember like sessions where we would be like giggling and crying, and, you know, I just really. And, you know, I can cram so much in a session, right? So I was like, and this, and this, and this, and this. But it was such a powerful awakening for me because. I had spent so much on business coaching. Like I said, I had done some previous uh, trauma work, but it just felt like very like indulgent to hire a sex and relationship coach, you know. And so I I just think it was such a powerful experience. Anything, I'd love to touch on some of the growth there, but anything you want to share? I know it was a big leap, even though I had been in the pleasure communities to hire like a pussy coach. Yes, I was just going to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. So that was last year this time. That was, I was really focusing on that so much. This whole idea of I'm your pussy coach and let's connect with your pussy and tap into her voice and her wisdom and reconnect with her, like reestablish that relationship, which so many of us have been in so many different ways, whether it's religion or trauma or whatever, been separated from this power center in our bodies. And I remember that's actually what you signed up for. And I think they were like, I offered two different packages and the one was like healing and the other one was more pleasure. I think you went for the healing one. I think you came back and you actually signed up for the other one as well. I think you did both. Yes, now I'm remembering. (laughs) And it was just so beautiful because you had been in these pleasure spaces, but this was very much like focused on reconnecting with that very sacred part of yourself. And yeah, I remember one of our first sessions, there was the whole like bath cave exploration that came out from that and so you know I don't want to speak on your behalf but I'd love for you to talk about that that a little bit well I have some like interesting like priestess past lives like around like caves and so that was a very like mystical kind of symbolism for me but at the time I was really like hardcore into doing baths and I had this little crappy bathtub so like I couldn't even get all the way under the water yeah, um, but I was in it every day anyway, and I would put my oils in, and I would actually just turn the lights off completely and just be in the darkness, mm-hmm. and it, almost like a sensory deprivation thing, just to like, yes. kind of like clear my mind. Yes. And then I believe right after that, I manifested a hot tub, which yes. replaced the tiny, yes, the bathtub as you know the the cauldron of creativity, yes. you can call it. Yes the water element so Mm -hmm. that was like really powerful but yeah it was just such a sort of like powerful like priestess activation and to I think for me 
you know, and I think people can relate to this. If you are friends or connected with a big community of coaches, you know, we do our brags, we do our Mm -hmm. marketing, we share our numbers. And if you are like me and you have 5,000 coaches who are incredible, amazing women on your feed, (laughs) it can be kind of sensory overload when people are having these amazing experiences, right? And it can be triggering. And so I think the same thing with the sex and relationship coaches, like, I remember seeing posts where someone had 27 orgasms and just being like, as a mom, boss, you know, yeah. like, to, where do you have the time for 27 orgasms? You remember know? that. What's the refractory period on that? You know? <laughs> I remember you saying exactly that in one of our sessions. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know now I'm asking you a question because I just can't help it. But yeah, I was going to say, so So, how would you say that the work we did together, how did that sort of reframe your your lens on that or your take or wow. understanding of that? Well, you know, it kind of goes into my story a bit, which is just, again, the good girl stuff like you, but also combined with some like pretty hardcore overachiever. And so at that point, I was really invested in coaching and like building this like alternative business. And I think I was so focused on like results and the outcome, you know, creating this new lifestyle mm-hmm. and wanting to pay my coaching bill. Yes, <laughs> you know, I remember that. <laughs> it was a little bit, you know, dry, I guess. I guess it was it was stressful. And like when I think of stress, I think of dry. Right. And so then to hire a coach, like felt very like indulgent and like she told me she wanted her own coach hello you've already spent I won't even say them out but crazy amounts of money on coaching can you forget the business just for a second let's work on your power portal yes yes yeah I remember that and I, I remember that it's like she came through with some pretty hard like boundaries and requests and yeah there was like so much that once she connected to her and especially when you were using that sort of that bath tub cave time for yourself and with the water elements I remember like so many messages were coming through and downloads from her with regards to yeah the direction you should take and one of them I remember was specifically one of the things we came to in our work was actually decreasing the amount of coaching you were doing with all the other coaches as well and eventually with me too so yeah that's something I remember as well and it's it's so funny as I heard you speak about the the manifesting the hot tub and the bathtub the small bathtub it's so strange because one of my coaches this not one of my coaches someone I coached this year she's also a coach she actually had the exact same thing with a really small cramped bathtub in her home and how she loved baths and the water element is like her thing and then in our work together what we actually ended up working on was her manifesting her dream home and Right when we ended, she manifested. What film that was? It's like spectacular. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, but, and it's, but yeah. So that actually, that's a whole tangent of another kind, but around desire and manifesting. But that the bathtub in that house now is huge and it's so spacious. You know, it's like a swimming pool and she gets to spend so much time in there. And I was just thinking, it's really strange, like this parallel between like when I work with people, suddenly they go from small bathtubs to like bigger hot tubs or bathtubs. I don't know if there's something in that, but it's interesting. Yeah. And I think for me, it's like a piece of just 
because I had hit these like sort of milestones, jump through these hoops, hit these successful things, like a lot of times they were anticlimactic and they weren't like actually that pleasurable because I was so exhausted from trying to get from A to B. And so I feel like the less is more approach like really worked and like really just focusing on like right now I have everything I want and everything I need if I just realize. <laughs> yes, if I let myself take it in. Yes. Yeah. And like getting more into that receptive mode and not like running or, you know, too much or sort of striving, I guess. So striving. Yeah. Yeah. That was so powerful. And I can remember (laughs) if any of y'all out there have partners who have not approved of your financial investments, I think that's pretty relatable. I had one of those and I think it started with like a like a BJ class that I had gone to for women, which if, if you struggle with that, I think that's super something to invest in because that yielded really good results. And then that pretty much reframed. He was like, listen, anything that will increase your sexual satisfaction, like I'm happy for you to invest in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I think that that was really great. I think they understand maybe the business coaching part less. But but that really revitalized, particularly after being like a mom and, you know, like delivering through natural birth and just yeah. like having the mom boss stress vibes. Like mm-hmm. that was just like a really powerful way to debate her voice and let her really communicate directly. And like you said, once we got her, you know, said, hey, we want to know what you think. She had a lot to say. <laughs> she had a lot to say in so many different areas. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, something that I want to also touch on that came up as well was the photo shoot that you did and the whole like visibility process around that is there anything you want to talk about that because that was also sort of related to your partner your husband and your role as a mother and navigating all of that yeah so in the course of well I had manifested like a good little amount of money and so I was like new rich I had a lot of disposable income that came all at once. Universe, by the way, like another one of those rounds of income, please. Yeah, thanks. Kind of like spoiling myself. And so I had actually had some like therapy clients over the years who had done these kind of like body positivity, like empowering boudoir shoots and, you know, had shared some of the photos with me. And it was just a really powerful experience for them. I had some photographers who were also healers who really like that was their frame was to like, want to show everyone they're beautiful, even if people had like a visual defect or, you know, they had something they were insecure about, like still like really showing them that they were beautiful. Beautiful. So I had had a few experiences, you know, vicariously through other people about that. I remember doing like my first photo shoot for online and also like hitting my highest weight. And so just really also like a weight I never thought I would kind of get to. Mm -hmm. And so that was probably a year or two before that but you know that was like the first photo shoot and then the photo shoot that I invested in and it was a very expensive it was coaching prices expensive photo shoot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was it was very empowering and it was interesting because I was like trying to make it like a Valentine's Day gift it was right around Valentine's Day and so it's kind of like secretive about it and FYI if you have an intuitive partner whether they're a man or a woman don't try to hide things from them because they will sense it and they will feel it and they will be like, what the, what the app is going on? And so there was like a little bit of that, like he could sense something was going on and I was like being a little bit like elusive around it. And it was interesting because we were breaking out of a lot of good girl sort of conditioning through our work together. And so I did this photo shoot, which was not 
I mean, it was like bathing suit level coverage. Yeah. But still, it was very vulnerable to go. And, you know, and his reaction when I like, I think I told him about it before I actually got the photo album. And he was like very not okay with it. Yeah, in the sense of like that it was a male photographer. It was actually a husband and wife. And and I felt very safe and it was fine. And he was like, you know, <laughs> you know, it was it was done very, you know, with respect and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But for him in his mind, he was like WTF, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so here was this thing that I spent a lot of money on. I also was kind of using it double duty for some. If you ever see pictures of me with like heavy makeup, that's probably the photo shoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I actually have eyebrows in the in the photo. Yeah, they, they were very dark. Yeah. <laughs> eyebrows. That was probably one of those photos. And it, it's kind of funny because I'll put them, a lot of my coaching banners also have mm-hmm. some of those photos in there. And interesting, like just synchronicity, I have had, I use Ember Renee to do a lot of my photo cover. She's an awesome designer. And um, I remember for one of them, she had put me with these big white wings. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, that's, kind of feel cool to see myself with angel wings but they just weren't the right wings and I kind of told her no and the next thing I know like a week or two later I'm at this photo shoot and they put me in these huge white wings yeah and I'm like yeah she is psychic she's like a psychic designer and I'm like well I guess you were right about this wing but it was very interesting because here I was like oh I did this for you but really I did it for me you know so yeah (laughs) double duty you know gonna give this to my husband and the pictures turned out like amazing but he really struggled with it for a bit. And it was like, oh, I'm a bad girl, you know? Yeah. 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 It did bring up that little side of me, but but it's not in this case. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely brought up like, I remember both all the photo shoot and after us really, you really navigating as a business owner, a divine feminine activist, and as someone in the sort of pleasure priestess realm you wanting to find your own expression of what that looks like within within your life and within who you really are and I thought that that was just such a beautiful exploration of finding the sweet spot of you know allowing your sensuality and your seductive powers to be seen but also in a way that felt really good and aligned with the other roles in your life and and finding that balance for yourself and I think there's just this is something I really like to to speak to sometimes is for me, the difference between sexual liberation and, and sexual empowerment and how, although I truly, like, I truly believe sexual liberation is like incredible. Some people misunderstand that as me, meaning like, for instance, you know, if you leave a marriage or a cult, or whatever it is, and you go on this wild exploration journey and you are perhaps having you know lots of casual sex and doing all the things I mean I totally did that I love that that is that can be really liberating and empowering but perhaps that is not actually empowering for you for some people that might be and for some people it might not be but it doesn't mean that you're not liberated and you're not empowered if you don't want to do that you can be completely single having no sex with anyone and you can be sexually empowered and liberated and so I just love the, in, that, in that way as well, like sort of finding that sweet spot of, you know, am I a pleasure goddess and a seductress if I don't like only portray that in my marketing? I just found that really interesting and in how you did fi- find that, that sweet spot that felt right to you while honoring like all parts of who you are. 
yeah, and I'm reflecting, you know, it's so funny we're doing this like a year later growth because I believe I had been doing the podcast for a while, but about that time when I first started with you was when the podcast went live. And so that was particularly because I had been so much more, as we're talking today, personal and vulnerable. It felt, and there was no like restrictions and I don't know who necessarily is listening. So, hey, if you're listening to a podcast, send me a message. I would love to chat with you, (laughs) you know. Yeah, you have no idea. Big like visibility pop that I went through at that time. And I'm actually going through another one because we've now put all the podcast episodes on YouTube. So there's a Divine Feminine Revolution podcast YouTube channel. And then that also feels because YouTube can reach even more people. Oh my God, if people binge watch, they're going to know everything about Yeah. yeah. And having like invested in a lot of pleasure-based business coaches, a lot of them do use these like very like gorgeous, you know, revealing pictures of themselves as marketing. And I had my own trauma being a teenager of the 90s with the advent of the internet and this like highly sexually charged kind of exploitive time. Like I had my own internet trauma around that. And so it felt like even things that weren't like sexual specifically just being on the internet and people seeing me like felt very triggering and I just remember you being like it's safe they can't find you like they don't know (laughs) yeah yeah and I think also you were balancing like your role your identity as a therapist as well and that world is so regulated and insulated yeah Yeah, it's very patriarchal talk about yourselves like you don't have to say anything right (laughs) So I'm, I'm always talked about, you know, I'm always sharing I am in session. Yeah. yeah, sharing it with the yeah. world is a whole different story. And in that way, I really think like something like as, as simple as a photo shoot can actually turn into this like deep shadow work process and like trauma healing process. And that's literally what happened because we were like back in the 90s, we journeyed through so many phases of your lives, because, of your life, lives, <laughs> because it brought, brought up a lot right and yeah I just think that is what's so powerful about like even visibility work and where they intersect do you feel safe to be seen do you feel safe to be sexy and seen that's yeah those are actually big questions that we as particularly as if you're a coach or some kind of public sort of if you have a public persona as a change maker that's really something to to think about and often that you need to work through in the process of being able to market your business and and your gift. So I'm going to turn it around. Like, what's that journey been like for you? Because I know you've done that. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Such a good question. <laughs> yeah. Because so I had, nobody's ever asked me that before. So thank you for asking. I think I would say that there are like were two main challenges for me when it comes to visibility online, maybe even three. So the first one is that I never grew up actually being allowed to have access to social media. And so obviously it sort of did come in when I was a teenager, but, you know, I didn't have a phone and I wasn't on social media. I wasn't on Facebook. So I never developed that sort of like natural affinity for like things like MySpace or Facebook where people were just like so excited to be posting about their lives. And so that kind of visibility has always felt quite foreign to me. And even when I had you know, my own personal Instagram account, I would very rarely post on there. It was not something that was like natural to me. And then the the other two challenges were definitely one was the big one was around body image issues, having been like a cereal dieter all my life and, you know, just all of the things. 
thanks patriarchy again. And then being, definitely being like also at my personal heaviest at the time that I started my business. And it's been sort of continuous from there. And my business has grown, so have I. It's like, yeah, um, like, I hold more. And so that was definitely a big hurdle for me to to get through. So once I was like, okay, we're going to do this visibility thing that I was like, oh, but now people are going to see my body. So I remember there have been a few times where I've had done, um, the, this, it's actually been really interesting because I have found so much healing by being visible with my body on social media. And I think that's been, there's been some similarities for you as well. I remember there was one picture you posted in like a swimsuit. And you've got so many comments and so many women saying like how much they loved and appreciated you modeling that, modeling. <laughs> and so for me, I remember there were these key points where I would make these very cathartic posts actually about how I felt about my body, my history with my body. And sort of, I, there was one in particular at the beginning of my journey where I just made a post. I was like, look, if I don't show you how my body looks now, I'm going to be trying to hide it all the time. So here I am, this is me, this is my body. And, you know, this is what we're dealing with. So from now on, I can post whatever I want because we all know this is what I look like. And that was so cathartic to actually do that. But in doing that, I was like, okay, well, now I need to take some actual photos of my body to go with this thing I've written. And I, that was the first time I did a selfie sort of photo shoot with myself and a remote clicker and my cell phone. I still need to order my remote clicker. That's on the Christmas list. It's so, it's life-changing. Life-changing. It's been rude, y'all. It's like, the one I bought was like $5. Like, it was so affordable. And that was actually the very first photo shoot I did with, I literally had some plants and I was in my apartment. I had dirty hair. I hadn't showered and I was like, right, let's take some photos. Let's just do it. Because in that moment, I have the the power to like the drive to do it so I just rode that wave and to this day I still use some of those photos they were I saw myself in a completely new way taking those photos of myself I think I was like had a bra on in some of them and some of them I was chopless and then since then I've done numerous photo shoots like that of myself that I use for my business and each time I think I actually fall in love with my body a little bit more so yeah that was one part of visibility and and then the last thing I would say was just actually getting on social media and actually putting myself out there as a, you know, I've had so many different titles. They're all made up. (laughs) We all make up these titles, right? But let's say like a sexual empowerment coach. I, that was really, really scary to me because they're so, I'm, I am like shunned Jehovah's Witness, which means that there are a lot of people out there who definitely would be absolutely shocked and horrified and probably say a lot of really nasty things about seeing me taking on that identity and half naked photos and whatever and so I really had to work through the the fact that that could be a possibility I put some safeguards in in place but at the same time I had a small breakdown the day that I was going to go like actually start my Instagram account and particularly around my father there was a lot of fear around that our relationship being jeopardized and so yeah I had to do a lot of healing and and that's why I say like this visibility thing it's really shadow work and so yeah thank you for asking me that because it's really helped me also clarify like there's been actually so many aspects of being seen being seen and sexy that I've had to work through as well in starting my business that's really powerful the way you say that and it 
it sort of brings out the the struggle for me in the sense of being a feminist, you know, and like being so aware of like objectification and how damaging like it's associated with all of the mental health issues for for women, like self-harm, substance abuse, oppression, anxiety actually makes you less smart because it taxes your cognitive load. They did this experiment where they put women in bikinis and then they couldn't do math, basically. I mean, that's not exactly what happened, but my version of it. As you say that, I feel that. I'm like, oh, I felt that. (laughs) Yeah. So their ability to perform math went down based on being like, you know, so revealed. And so I I was sort of struggled with this traditional thing and, you know, having helped so many women like heal from sexual trauma. I'm like, is it liberating for women to be putting, you know, like naked pictures to sell their products, you know, and do you have to do that to be able to sell your stuff, you know? And I think what I came to is just the whole thing of like, is it for your pleasure? You know, are you really doing it like the way that you described it was this like really powerful, embodied, raw, real moment. And then, you know, the world gets the privilege of sharing in that moment with you. Or are you doing it like as a means to an end, as you defying yourself to make sales or to get followers or, you know, whatever the payoffs are for that. And so I think, um, I had a actually a business channeled session called The Rapture with Jessica Riverson. And she said, your body holds so much energy and power in it. Like they're telling me to don't just do the like talking headshots, like show your body because it's activating people. And, you know, some of the calls that were on, you know, people sometimes will be naked or, you know, mm-hmm. and I can remember I'm thinking of one person in particular yeah. on a podcast, maybe she'll share about it, but um, you know, she would like just she was like a, a, a curvy woman and she would come naked yeah. to the calls and her body was very activating in the sense yeah. of it was just super powerful to see her. And I can remember that as well, having gone to like festivals, you know, music festivals and whatnot, yeah. where people were like, you know, naked or practically naked or in costume or whatever. Yeah. It's so it was so like one of those breakthrough moments to see real bodies. Real you bodies. Know, everyone's mm-hmm. got cellulite, even like skinny mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Just seeing people like not like they felt safe in kind of Burning Man style, like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Her outfit or costume or or not, they were wearing. Not. Yeah. It's just really beautiful to have that community and safety and visibility all in yeah. one. And so that was definitely a big yeah. transition moment for sure. Yeah. I love that you, you know, also take the feminist perspective on it and and ask those deeper questions about it right are we just self-objectifying ourselves and I think yeah there are two things as you were saying that I was thinking well on the one hand you know the whole idea that sex sells and that has been used against women and their sexuality has been used to sell things that men benefit from most of the mm-hmm. time so there is a certain amount of like reclamation in saying well yes I will use this to sell but it's for me yeah. And I think there's that aspect to it. But then more than that, I think the part that really appeals to me is, as you were saying, like seeing these different bodies, the real bodies, is it can be so activating for us. And we're like right now, thankfully, we're beginning to see that more and more and more on social media in advertising campaigns. But a few years ago, you didn't see anybody that wasn't like white and super skinny and able-bodied in anything that was deemed or would be like attractive, like something that would be seductive to try and entice you to sell, just to sell something. And so I think that's also part of the work is like, for me, part of the power of this is knowing that, you know, playing my role as well in normalizing, yeah, okay, I'm going to be sexy and, and be seen in that. 
but I'm going to be seen in who I really am and who I fully am. And I'm not going to just show the photos that show my body from the best ang- best angle. Yeah. And and that's been a whole thing on its own. It's like, oh, when yeah. I take a photo, am I going to post that one? The one where you can see, you know, the fat rolls and the, the cellulite, or I'm going to choose the one that is like most pleasing in terms of what I've been conditioned with. And so, yeah, I, I do try to also bring that consciousness into my work, but it, it's a challenge. It's an ongoing like journey for me as well. Yeah, it makes me think of, you know, in Fearless Feminine, we do the real and raw. And I think that that is so powerful. And I can say one of the things I love most about my partner is that, I mean, I can be like snoring or, you know, post baby, like cross or, you know, like throwing up or something. And he is equally, well, maybe not equally, but yeah, equally. If he, that's just him. I don't know. He loves me like in all form. Yeah. Very empowering. And so I feel a lot of times we can't even do that for ourselves, much less like show other people. And so for all of you like coaches, healers and change makers out there who are showing like the real and raw, the, Mm -hmm. um, the messy stuff, the ugly stuff. Like I find that so freaking re- refreshing. It makes me think of Crystal Lingman, who's been on the podcast and has been yeah. one of my coaches. She'll do like a like a really sexy one and then she'll pull it back and show you like the mess right behind <laughs> her. I'm like, yeah, like this picture is so perfect and it's zoomed in. You know, and I think that's such a great analogy for, mm. you know, what do we zoom in on? That's like an objectification thing, you know, like yeah. people are very like critical have you ever looked in the mirror you know and you're poking your eyebrows yes. or whatever yes. you're like oh my god I can see every little can thing see everything because <laughs> we're zoomed in right but it's like to zoom out you know and see the big picture and I think that's what's so great about coaching um that the coach really helps you like zoom out and see you in your magnificence and that's what was so great about having you on fearless feminine and to be part of your initiation like I think one thing we have in common is we draw these like really amazing powerful women mm-hmm. to us and that has been the great pleasure and honor of coaching is to just connect worldwide. I mean, literally, we're on different yeah. bits of the yeah, world. Now I'm, I was in Vietnam, now I'm in South Africa, and we're still connected. Oh, you're back yeah. In South Africa. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just came back a few months ago, three or four months ago. Yeah, so I was, that's been a whole journey of its own. I've been yeah, it's been, you know, that's also brought up its own for healing for me within myself. But yeah, I love. I love what you you just shared as well about Crystal as she shows, you know, the pretty and then the messy. And even in her work, she shows, she often posts like a very high glamour shot because that's her whole thing, right? The cleavage, the lips, like so beautiful. And then her next post will be like no makeup in her pajamas with the kids in the background. And I think, as you said, like that's magnetic where someone can show all sides of themselves and as much as that's true on social media and out in the world, it's also very much true in the bed. Uh, and that it's like we think to be attractive, to be sexually appealing, whatever. We need to be these like perfect versions of ourselves. And that can hold you back so much, right? In the moment, like in terms of your pleasure. Because I know for myself, I would always position myself like to not create like a belly roll or like to try and arch my back or whatever, to try to look better but that completely takes you out of the moment and and out of your pleasure and whatever realizes if you're with someone and as you mentioned with your husband like someone who loves you in from all angles from you know real and raw and messy and, and true it's so empowering and it's actually so much more magnetic to be fully in your body fully in your power in your pleasure and to 
not care about any of that other stuff because that's what actually creates like powerful sexual energy between you and that sense of like deep intimacy and connection. How we were talking about on the last podcast, and this is something I've said to clients over and over again, is that it's not how you look, it's how you feel. And so when we're overly concerned with the angle and how we look in our body, then we are self-objectifying, like we're making ourselves an object and an object by definition, this is the breakthrough moment, doesn't have any feelings, right? I could slam the phone down and it, I mean, it might break, but like it, yeah. it doesn't feel as far as we know. That bug me know. So that's the difference, you know? And so like to be embodied, you know, sometimes I'll ask, oh, Skit, let's end on that. What is your definition of embodiment? Because I've asked several embodiment experts. Mm-hmm. At, mm-hmm. And I think that's, it's like container. You did a reel on that one time and I thought that was so brilliant. And like embodiment, what? What is that really? Why is it so important though? I'll turn that over. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm remembering that that reel that you're speaking about that I did about. What is a container? Why are all these coaches speaking about containers? What is that? But yeah, I, I, I really do think that's such a, I love what you just said, that breakthrough moment, right? An object. And we, to not then self-objectify ourselves, as you were saying, what is the antidote to that? It's embodiment. It's feeling. It's being present. It's actually being aware of your internal experience more than external appearances. And that's really like where the, both the pleasure and the power lie. That's so good. <laughs> like feeling that's the audiogram. I, I don't know. Just like a powerful little moment there. So we'll definitely have you back on the podcast because we could oh, really talk about so much. All these things that I feel like we went so deep, but like we also just scratched the surface of all the different things we could talk about together. So tell us, I know you're focused on one-on-one as am I. So, you know, come check us out. Like, your pussy will thank you, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, she will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm currently just focusing on one-on-one. And I actually have one spot that's just opened up. So if anybody would like to, to claim that, and really my work is, what I've realized recently is there are all these beautiful pieces to my work. And I've obviously started very much focused on like the realm of sexual empowerment. But when I work with my clients, most of the time, what I'm actually helping them do is use pleasure and intuition and then some aspects of, you know, trauma healing, but essentially to get whatever it is that they want, not necessarily just, you know, a better sex life. I think that that came through in some of our work with regards to like the visibility and the boundaries and all of that. But that's really the through line in all my work is desire. What do you desire? And then using pleasure, your intuition, your divinity to actually create that and manifest that both from a spiritual perspective, but as well as from like the actual practical perspective as well. So if that's something that if there's something you want, (laughs) come to me and I'll help you get it. (laughs) Yeah. So like pussy life coaching. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Funny because I've kind of pivoted myself from thinking about being like more a business coach like a holistic business coach and women's empowerment coach into more you know I wish there wasn't the stigma around life coaching you know and I think that's Mm -hmm. why people like coach or whatever but I was realizing like that really is my brilliance and it is for for you too that's so funny that's literally what I've been thinking about (laughs) that's what we all want is to have the life that we desire you know and maybe a business is just one piece of that or a relationship is piece of that you know but to do like the whole thing the big picture stuff is so powerful yeah and using the the power the gifts and the powerful tools that we have which are 
in many ways, there are very big similarities between our tools, you know, your spirituality, manifestation, trauma work. There's like this beautiful array of tools that we get to use, but essentially it is to help people step into a life that they love it. So yeah. life coach. <laughs> Yeah. And I've had, yeah. that was part of my story. Like I've had the successful business, you know, or I had the child or yeah. I found the partner, I, you know, got the dream house and they were all wonderful. And I'm very like thankful and grateful for that. And, you know, if that's all, if that the result is all that it's about, it's like very short lived, you know, and then you're on to the next thing because we're all yeah. creatures. Right. And yeah. so I think really like savoring, being present, being like embodied in the life that you love and just being like super fucking unapologetic about going for what you want you know yes yeah, yeah. Um, so, so tell us like where do we find you you know everybody needs to sign up for one-on-one right away <laughs> yeah I am mostly on Instagram that's where I where I am so Leonie underscore L underscore coaching but I'm sure you'll put it in the notes and on Facebook it's just Leonie I'm mostly on Instagram but you can find me on Facebook too and yeah I'm making a lot of well, starting to make a lot of reels over there in a way that feels really good and pleasurable to me. And I'm having fun with that. So come find me on there. I also write really long Instagram captions because I have a lot to say and the words just fall out, just channel through. And yeah, for anyone who signs up for the the one one-on-one spot that I have before the end of the year, you'll also get a half VIP day where we'll really be working on like your desires for 2022. Even that, I'm like, it's not about 2022, it's about your life. And really doing like a very deep dive into that so that we can c- come up with a very, very like desire-led direction for the next the next phase of, of your life. So that's a, a bonus you get if you sign up the side of the year. But That's so yummy. I'm so excited for you and your offering. And thank you so much for coming on the pod. You know, we had a, it's early mornings for you and I think it's late night. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, it was always like a different time of day, but this this is a good time actually. So, but I know the the West Coast. I struggle with the West Coast, but the East yeah. Coast is way better for yeah. timing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your story. And you know, I think it's just powerfully activating that we don't have to be defined by our religion, by our circumstances, by our family, our culture. If we don't want to be, you know, we should yeah. do that. where we can just totally shift the narrative which i think is what the matriarchy is all about so thanks everyone for watching divine feminine revolution go check out my youtube channel and come see us for one-on-one we'll see everybody next time have a great day bye thanks for listening to the divine feminine revolution podcast make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review want to keep the conversation flowing Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.